The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus began speaking in a synagogue, saying, Today, this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him, and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They also asked, Isn't this the son of Joseph? And he said to them, Surely you will quote me this proverb, Physician, cure thyself, and say, Do here in your native place the things that we have heard were done in Capernaum. And he said, Amen, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed for three and a half years, and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephah in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elijah the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When the people of the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of a hill on which their town had been built to hurl him down headlong. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. I mentioned last week that we have grown accustomed and become comfortable with the incarnation, crucifixion, the Eucharist, the reality of God in general. We have lost the sense of awe and wonder. As though we no longer realize sometimes who is here. Remember that story about St. Therese of Lisieux? When she was dying, was lying in her bed, She heard two nuns outside her window chatting. And the one was saying to the other, I don't know what they'll say about her when she dies. There's nothing very special about her. 
She smiled. That was what she wanted people to think. Imagine, they'd been with her for some time now, and they really didn't know who she was. They didn't realize that this not very special woman was one of the greatest saints of the 19th century. The people in our Lord's town didn't take him casually. They didn't ignore him. He's just announced, remember, that he is the fulfillment of all the prophets, speaking specifically of the prophet Isaiah. He's told them he's the anointed one. He's the Christ. He's the one they've been waiting for from the beginning. And we are told in today's gospel, which is the sequel, our Lord has said, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And they say, isn't this the son of Joseph? They don't really know him. He'd been with them for how many years? As long as, as long as 30? And they still don't know who he is. They can't believe it. They know his mother. They know his relatives. And so he then addresses himself to them. He says, Surely you will quote me this proverb, Physician, cure yourself, and say, Do here in your native place the things we have heard were done in Capernaum. And then I say to you, No prophet is accepted in his own native place. They will not accept him. He tells them that they will say, Physician, cure yourself. And that's what he will hear on the cross. You who would build the temple, you who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. He saved others, he cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him. If he desires him, for he said, I am the Son of God. And finally, the thief on the left. If you are the Christ, in other words, if you are the anointed one, if you are the fulfillment of all the prophets, if you are the one for whom we've been waiting, save yourself and us. But our Lord goes on to say, you expect me to do with the things here that you heard I had done in Capernaum, the miracles. But we are told he couldn't work many miracles there because of their lack of faith. And then he uses two examples. He says, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed for three and a half years. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to the widow in Zarephath. A Gentile. A Gentile. And there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha the prophet. Yet none of them were cleansed, but only one, Naaman the Syrian, a Gentile general. And what's their response to this? Their response is they cannot tolerate the universality. 
They don't believe that he is who he says he is, and they will not tolerate this idea of the Gentiles uh, being the object of his love and of his affection and of redemption. He's come for them. Their response is not to open themselves up to him, but we are told they were filled with fury. They drove him out of the town. Nazareth, I'm told, is built on a, on a cliff about 200 feet high, and they want to throw him off. We are told then that our Lord passed through the midst of them and went away. Why? Well, we know why. For the same reason he told his mother at the wedding feast at Cana, because his hour had not yet come. They cannot lay hands on him until he says, now. Only then, only then will they be able to, will he enter into his passion. So you and I then are dealing with this once again, the reality of Jesus Christ who is with us. We know him and yet we do not know him. Every day we're supposed to know him better than we did the day before, or at least as time goes on we should. But too very often we sort of think we have an idea of who he is. But then again, we can never fully grasp him, can we? That's one of the beautiful things about the mystery of God. We can be loved, we can accept the infinite love, but we cannot fully grasp it. We can simply know it and abandon ourselves to it. We will see that so very often in our lives, won't we? Someone we thought we knew, we didn't know. And it is particularly true with the Lord himself. So the Lord enters into his kingdom here. He enters into our presence. He enters into his hometown. He has come back once again to us, to his people. Remember what it said, though, in the prologue to St. John's Gospel. I've mentioned that several times in the last month. It said, um, the true light that enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. He came to his own people, and his own people received him not. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. We are those people. Once again, we are overwhelmed with the reality of what God has done. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He calls us only to embrace him, to accept him, and to be healed by him. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that her members will daily come to a greater knowledge and love of the Lord as they spend time with him in prayer, we pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, that they will listen to the prophets sent to them through the church, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, that they may know that they make Jesus Christ present and proclaim him in their suffering. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have left the church, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For greater respect for human life, for life in the womb and life at the end, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations of priesthood and the consecrated life, 
especially from our own parish and diocese. Those young men and women who will truly be prophets for our age, for a greater reverence for the prophetic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For the healing of all tensions in our culture, particularly racial tensions, and for greater acceptance uh, among people of others, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy. But having spent time in the presence of the Lord, they will then be visible signs of his presence, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, who all have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that our lives will be so transformed by what we have received that the presence of the Lord may be visible in us. We pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of the Lord as we say. Mm-hmm. 